When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is just that, and it has been a Kyrie-filled day on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, follow us on Twitter, at ChrisCanty99, at Chris Carlin. Right now, we welcome in ESPN NBA analyst. He is Matt Barnes, who joins us right now on the phone. And, Matt, just as you join us, we have a response from KD toward Charles Barkley. First of all, for the audience, before we do anything further, let's play what Charles had to say on Get Up this past week in relation to Kevin Durant and exactly why he is not viewed on the same level as others by guys who played in the past. Before KD gets that great respect from all the old heads, he's going to have to win a championship as a guy, as a bus driver. Listen, he joined this, uh, that team had already won a championship, so no disrespect. That's just a fact. But until he is the guy on a championship team, we're not going to ever give him the respect, I mean, that he probably deserves. And that's just the way it is. And like I say, the, the game hasn't changed. Kobe said it. LeBron said it. And so we're going to hold him to the same high standard. So here was the response just the last – half hour or so from Kevin Durant. All this blank is nasty. Another terrible analogy from a hating old head that can't accept that we're making more bread than them. It's just timing, Chucky. Don't hate the player. So, Matt, with all of that said, what do you make of this whole exchange between these two and what Chuck had to say? Uh, I mean, it just kind of is what it is. I think it, it's what media is today. Um you know, not really calling anybody a hater, but you do tend to find, and actually I'm getting old myself. It'll be five years I retired uh, this June. So you just kind of find old players sometimes resentful for current players for circumstances sometimes. And, you know, what Chuck said about Katie joining a, a good team, yeah, Katie did that, but other players have done that too. You know, LeBron created a super team over there in Miami. KD jumped on this Warrior team. But nevertheless, and this is with all due respect, you know, everyone knows Kevin Durant was the best player on that team. Uh, You know, I don't think there's any question um, to that. But it's just hard. You know, like I said, some some older guys are always going to have a certain way of the way things should be done and and how you earn your respect. While there's a new wave coming through, kind of paving their own way and, and making their own rules. So, you know, who's to say who is wrong? I know Kevin Durant is when he's basketball players that ever lived and as we stand right now he has two rings but I'm sure he's gonna have a chance at a couple more before it's all said and done and Matt yeah there's no doubt about it that Kevin Durant is one of the best dozen players who have ever played in the NBA but Steph Curry was a guy coming into this season that a lot of people had ranked behind Kevin Durant and now after his fourth championship and first finals MVP a lot of folks are putting Steph Curry in his top 10 ahead of Kevin Durant so I guess my whole question is this with the organization, the Brooklyn Nets, taking the stance that they have with Kyrie Irving, does Kevin Durant have an obligation 
to come out and speak on the situation with Kyrie and the expectations for Kyrie moving forward if he stays in Brooklyn? I don't know if he has an obligation to. I mean, maybe I would think that's more of a uh, private conversation. But I know one thing I know about Kevin, he's a very loyal guy, and obviously Kyrie is one of his guys. So although he may feel something, he may never come, come out and say it. But I think we all know that, you know, Kevin went to Brooklyn to play with Kyrie. And all, we also know that, you know, when Kyrie decides to play basketball, he's one of the top five most talented players in the world. But, you know, the last handful of years, you know, he admitted itself that he was too immature to handle the situation in Cleveland. Uh, he was a problem with the young core in Boston. And now basketball has kind of become second or third option in Brooklyn. So it really, to me, kind of just says more about Kyrie's character. And I'm not knocking his character. Everyone has a right to make their own decisions. But at the end of the day, this is a game that pays us a lot of money and, and, and gives us a, a great opportunity to do a lot of different things. And it just doesn't seem like Kyrie has basketball at the top of his priority. And I'm not telling him to. It's just from the outside looking in. I know a lot of other guys put basketball first because they understand how precious this game is. Um, and he has just chosen not to. So, you know, the fact that, you know, Kyrie could possibly be leaving is crazy to me because, like I said, when he decides to play, there's not too many guys – in the world who are better than him. So if anything, I think Kevin Durant is a little frustrated and disappointed at some of the, 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 the decisions Kyrie has made um, that has kept him off the court. But again, Kyrie, or Kevin is a very loyal guy and that's one of his guys. So he's going to ride behind them. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what New Jersey, or what Brooklyn decides to do. You know, the fact that they don't want to give this guy a long-term deal because they can't count on him. You don't blame them for that. But at the same time, you know, if you do let him go, you're letting go a hell of a talent. Uh, but there could also be a headache sometimes. So, to me, this whole Kyrie, it'll be an interesting thing to watch this summer because we know if he's focused on basketball, he can help any team he goes to win a championship. If he's not focused on basketball, he can help any team he goes to get knocked out in the first round. We, we got all the smoke because we got co-host of all the smoke, Matt Barnes, uh, on Canty and Carlin. He's also ESPN NBA analyst. And, and Matt, just to follow up with that, Kevin Durant clearly left a better basketball situation in Golden State to start his own thing with Kyrie in Brooklyn. Is it fair to be critical of KD making that decision and that potentially affecting his legacy moving forward? I mean, I just think it's tough. You know, I mean, you you know, you critique him for going, then you critique him for leaving. I mean, it just doesn't seem like anything he does is good enough, you know. And But I'm all for guys taking control of their own career and, and, and playing where they want to play. We have a really small window to play and make as much money as we can. And you know, Chris, the, the business has been the business. You know, when, a play, when, a, when an organization cuts, trades, waves, benches a player, oh, that's the business. When the player decides to take their power in their own hands, what they've been doing the last handful of years, then they're still the bad guy. So to me, KD doesn't really win at all, period, because he's damned if he does, he's damned if he doesn't. I just personally know that if he would have stayed on that Golden State team, there's no telling how many rings this team could have won with that core of, you know, obviously the three that are there and then, you know, Kevin Durant still. So it'll be interesting to see because, again, obviously, you know, KD went to Brooklyn to play with Kyrie. If Kyrie's not going to be there, you know, what does KD do? Is KD going to stay? Is he going to want to leave? So this is going to be a really interesting summer because I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of stars and possibly superstars on the move. Matt Barnes with us, uh, with Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Matt, do the Nets really have a choice but 
to <laughs> in, in this situation, right? Because they have yeah, man. not necessarily just because of um, where they are and needing his talent, but everything that they have given away over the last few years and what transpired with Harden, all of this, do they really have a choice? I mean, it's tough. I mean, like you said, you, you we're looking at currently, but like you said, what they gave up to bring this team together uh, was a lot. And, you know, they did this in the past when they tried to bring KG and Paul, and you saw what all those draft picks turned into for the Celtics. So, it, I mean, it, it's really a tough situation they're in, um, in an unfortunate situation, because I know the Tasai family, you know, we do some business together, and all they want to do is bring a great brand of basketball to Brooklyn and, 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 and hang a banner. And I think everyone, like everyone thought, you know, when they brought Katie and Kyrie and then, oh, man, they're about to get James, too, it's over. And we never got to see that those three really live out to their potential because there were so many issues, whether it be injury or personal choice. Those guys never really got a chance to rock together. So, you know, moving forward, I don't know, are they ready to say, you know, F it, we're cutting all ties and starting fresh, or are we going to try to hold on to a dysfunctional situation that hasn't played out in our favor because we've given us so much to get this person. Matt, quick question before we get you out of here. What did you think of Kenny Atkinson, Warriors assistant coach, pump faking on the Charlotte Hornets and deciding to remain on the staff with Steve Kerr? Hey, that's a tough move, man. If you think about it, although we don't know the particulars, I'm guessing a four-year deal is going to give him, on the low end, at least $20 million. So he walked away from a $20 million situation with an up-and-coming star in the mellow ball, uh, Miles Bridges, and a lot of young pieces. And he ended up staying in a championship environment and a culture. And I think it says more about Golden State than it does about Charlotte because he's been to the top of the mountain with this team and, and seen some of the struggles and how they've come back together and been able to get back on top. And, you know, he may know something we don't know. You know, who know who knows how long Steve Kerr is going to, you know, sit in that head chair. You know, he could ride out, you know, the rest of Clay, or excuse me, Steph's career and then decide to step aside. So, I mean, I think maybe Kenny may be thinking, okay, hey, Kerr has another three, four years. I'm the next guy. And I'm coming into an organization that has won championships, that knows how to win championships, and is, you know, is, is primed to continue to win. So, you know, he turned down $20 million, uh to go to a smaller franchise that he would have to kind of build from the ground up and chose to stay with the champs. So he must know something we don't. Because on top of what I said, again, he left at least $20 million on the table. Matt Barnes, ESPN NBA analyst, All the Smoke podcast with Steven Jackson, one of the great basketball podcasts out there. Matt, we appreciate it, man. Thanks. Thank you guys for having me. Have a good day. Up next, you heard his take on Kenny Atkinson giving up on potentially $20 million to blow off the Charlotte Hornets. We'll fill you in on why that was absolutely the right decision. Plus, we all need a little bit of hope. And our next segment is just going to make everybody feel better because it's the segment that America waits for on this show each and every day. On Thin Ice with Ryan Matlack is on the way. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Calling on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80 and E+. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on the CC calling line, 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. And big fella, we got game three of the Stanley Cup Finals tonight between the Colorado Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, of course, the Avalanche are in control of the series 2-0 after a 7-0 beatdown that they put on the Lightning in Game 2. But for more on that, we have to bring in our resident hockey superfan and one disappointed Toronto Maple Leafs fan, Ryan Matlack. We're on thin ice with Ryan Matlack. Matlack, the floor is yours, my man. Mm. Thank thank you so much, gentlemen. I appreciate that, Chrissy's. Uh, Thank you again for bringing up the Maple Leafs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Every time I start to feel better about them just being in the playoffs and not having to think about them, everybody reminds me. It's very sweet of them. Um, boy, never have I been so happy, gentlemen, that I looked down at my phone and a bet had not been placed when I thought it had been, and that bet was on the Lightning in Game 2, and boy, did that turn around quickly. My goodness what the Avalanche did. 7 nothing, 7 Genos, and we all knew that this was going to be a very good offensively potent Avalanche team, but my goodness... If the Lightning are going to have to do the same thing they did against the Rangers, against a Colorado team that has already outscored them by like 10 goals, it's going to be a tough uphill sledding. My question for one, let's go with you, Canty. My question for you, over or under six goals tonight? (laughs) I am going to go under six goals. Under six goals. I think it's going to be a slugfest. I've got the score. Let's go 3-1 Avalanche. Canty? Uh, Sorry, Carlin? I'm going to go over, and I am going to take the Avalanche minus one and a half at plus 215. That's value. That's me. That's gambling. See, you guys are wrong, man. You guys are looking at this thing the wrong way. There have been a total of seven goals in the first two games. So you're talking about 14 goals in two games. There's no way it goes over that tonight. No way it goes over six. I do kind of like that thinking. There's a couple other things, and this was something that you had brought up during the break. 
uh, Canty. When it comes to the Avalanche, we, they're so good that we don't even know that they're injured, that they're banged up a little bit. And Kadri's been out, Nazem Kadri's been out for a few games now. And if you lose another winger, which the Avalanche are worried that they're going to be in that Bear situation Austin, tonight, yep. yeah, things could really turn around if you're the Lightning as long as you get Vasilevsky. That's the biggest thing is do you get Andre Vasilevsky, the guy that we saw against the Panthers, do we get him back in Game 3? If so, Tampa Bay still got a chance. But I, I don't think I've ever seen a team as – Full depth as the Avalanche with Kale McCarr anchoring a stacked defense. You don't even—he doesn't even have to be on the team for them to be good defensively. He's probably the best in the league. And then Nathan McKinnon and a number. Gabriel Landeskog's the captain of the team. We barely mention him because there's so many other studs on this team. I've been saying this for weeks. I wish somebody would pay attention. Thank you, Matt Lack, for stealing everything that I have been saying for weeks. You've always been a Landeskog guy you since know day one. <laughs> Always the going only, after the other the guys. Only thing, the only problem that I have, Matt Lack, with the Lightning is they're allowing Colorado to dictate all of the action. Like It just feels like the Lightning are being reactive and they're spending too much time in the defensive zone as opposed to being able to get out and get into open ice and, and create some odd rushes and put pressure on Kemper. Because right now, I mean, the netminder for Colorado, I mean, he's standing on his head, but it's not like there's a whole lot of action, like there's a whole lot of traffic in front of the net for him to have to deal with. So I just think that Tampa has got to be much more aggressive in terms of forcing the action and trying to get out you know, on offense and create some, some more favorable looks, some more favorable chances than what they've done in the first two games. I'm telling you, Devin Kane, our producer today, a fearless leader, can see me smiling from ear to ear. We're breaking all sorts of records for hockey talk here, and we Chris really Carlin's are. a part of it. I don't know if it's good. We're using things like Weeksy and, and Kevin Weeks. Like we're we're going full <laughs> hockey here. I'm talking puck, Let's baby. Let's do that hockey, man. Let's do that. Hockey. Every time Canty said Weeksy, I I swear to God, my heart grew a little bigger. Every I'm time. Just saying, I'm just saying. We're hockey guys here. <laughs> but but Weeksy is a sports guy. Period, though. I mean, this guy is breaking out baseball analogies and football analogies. You know what he I was? Love, he was dumbing it down for me a little bit. That's what he <laughs> was is that doing. is that what it was? <laughs> is that what it was? <laughs> Shout out to him and everybody. Emily Kaplan just could, saw earlier. If you would have put on a puppet show for me to try to explain <laughs> that. Well, oh, th- that's that's the idea of me. I'm pretty much the um, I'm the audible puppet here on the right, uh, so show. Matt Lack, so Matt Lack, so Matt Lack, you gave us all of that, and you didn't tell us who you think is going to win Game yeah. Three. Game Three, which you can watch on ABC tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. Also, it's going to be on ESPN Plus. So yeah, I, I Matt Lack, you didn't give us your prediction for who was going to win game three tonight. I appreciate the floor. I think the Lightning are going to win game three, and I do think it's going to be over six or p- potentially right on the dot, like a four to two. I really feel good about the Lightning in these situations because they are at home. I've seen them lose at home, in fact, against the Leafs earlier in the postseason, but they've been so strong there when they absolutely have to be. And if they do steal this game, then you know when you think about going back to Colorado, even if it is 3-1, I still give them a chance to get to Game 6. Maybe not win the series, but this is a Lightning team that will absolutely make you, make you pay for it until you know, they have nothing left. And when it comes to somebody like if you have Vasilevsky, put up another, you know, let four goals in the game, that's pretty much it. So you get good goaltending tonight, and you hope that you don't have a fully loaded Avalanche roster and you should be in good shape. One more thing to note, boys. Uh, in oh, the, please. Yeah, in the AHL. I know you were hoping I would get there. Shout out to oh, the boy, Oh, boy. Yeah. A little AHL talk. Springfield Thunderbirds. A one what's not, going on one in nothing the, the series. That's right. Chicago <laughs> Wolves, I, watch I, out. I don't, know what's, I don't know what's happening right now. I, I, I was all aboard with the NHL talk, but then you went AHL and completely derailed the segment, Matt Lack. What's and happening? On that, and, on that, and on that note, we're going to have to mute your microphone. You know what we did here? 
we made the KD-like mistake of trusting the wrong guy. That's what happened. I will Hell say this, no. though, Carlin. I don't know after coming back from two O two 2 deficits in this postseason, I don't think the Lightning are going to make it to third, but they are seeking to become the sixth team to win a cup after overcoming a 2-0 series deficit in a best-of-seven final, joining the 2011 Bruins, 2009 Penguins, 71 Canadians, and 66 Canadians, along with the 42 Maple Leafs. We'll leave it at that. Again, you can watch Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final tonight on ABC at 8 p.m. on ESPN. I have some KHL notes if you guys want them. Continental Hockey League? No, I think think we're all Swiss A? I think think we're good on that, big fella. Coming up next... Coming up next, we got to pivot to the NFL and more conversation about a quarterback in Cleveland. We've talked about Baker Mayfield. We got to talk about the guy that the Browns just traded for. This is Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. It's Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And, big fella, we had some more news on the Deshaun Watson front come out this weekend. And this is per Mark Mask of the Washington Post, who says that the NFL will push for Deshaun Watson to receive a significant suspension and that the league will ask for a one-year banishment. Now, we all know that Deshaun Watson didn't play football at all last year for the Houston Texans, but he was not suspended, and he was not on the commissioner's exempt list, and he received all $10 million of the salary that was coming to him in 2021. But moving this thing forward, we know that the contract that Deshaun Watson signed with the Cleveland Browns only has him slated to make $1 million in base salary this year. So essentially, his camp preparing for a lengthy suspension. But according to Mask from the Washington Post, the NFLPA will argue that Deshaun Watson does not deserve any type of suspension. And this is because of the collective bargaining agreement and particularly the personal conduct policy, which states that owners are to be held at a higher standard than that of other league employees. And, of course, Jeffrey Kessler, lead counsel for the NFLPA, wanted to point out the sexual misconduct from Daniel Snyder, 
from Patriots owner Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones in recent years. And so, big fella, this seems like this is a situation that's headed down an ugly path. I think it's important to note that former federal judge Sue Robinson will be responsible for the initial discipline of Deshaun Watson. If there's any, it's not Roger Goodell. It's a new process with a jointly appointed uh, uh, overseer of the discipline. And so I think this is going to be critical in terms of determining what's going to happen. But I got to imagine that the timeline for levying whatever suspension is going to be coming down the pike, if there's any, has got to be in the coming weeks before training camp. Two things can be true, but two wrongs don't make a right in this situation. They're not wrong. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Kessler and the NFLPA is not wrong when they point out, well, owners are not exactly held to a tough standard like players are and don't get punished at the same level that players do. I, I think when you look at severity of things, though, you understand that what's going on with Deshaun Watson right now is pretty bad. Deshaun Watson can't play it down in the league this year. Mm. And it it has nothing to do with what's going on with owners. The, the owners need to be punished more. For me, Daniel Snyder has got to be stripped of the franchise. He's got to be forced to sell it away for everything that has gone wrong with that franchise over the last several years. But Chris... It doesn't mean that Deshaun Watson shouldn't get any kind of punishment because that hasn't happened so far or because of the other guys so far. No, I'm absurd to suggest that. I'm I'm with you on that one, Carlin. I hear you. But then when you look at the situation, it's an uncomfortable fact pattern to be sure. And I'm with you. I think he deserves a lengthy suspension. But, Carlin, the other side of that is there were no formal charges filed in the two counties that reviewed the facts of the various allegations made by the women involved in this case. There weren't any. And I know that the Harris County District Attorney came out and said the fact that there wasn't an indictment by the grand jury does not absolve Deshaun Watson of any wrongdoing. I get all of that. But when it came to the criminality aspect of this thing, the, 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 the cases could not move forward. And so I think with that being said, there's there should be the presumption of innocence until proven guilty. But that's in the court of law when it comes to criminal. We know that civil is a whole different animal. But needless to say, the behaviors of Deshaun Watson have have cast an ugly, dark cloud over the National Football League, and it's something that the league knows that they can't stand for. So I'm with you. I do think there should be a suspension. But I do understand Jeffrey Kessler and the NFLPA pushing back because there there wasn't any suspension, there wasn't any form of discipline levied to two of the three owners mentioned in their potential defense brief. No, look, he's not wrong. But it just because of what happened, and, and I hate to get into this, okay, are we really going to compare what Robert Kraft allegedly did versus what Deshaun Watson has allegedly done? Mm. It's all, it's all, it's all bad, Carlin. It's all bad. It's all bad. It's It's all bad bad. because I mean, Robert Kraft got caught up in a quote-unquote massage parlor that was a part of a sting operation for human trafficking. Yeah, like that. that, That's 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 pretty bad. You know, that's pretty bad. Now I'm not gonna like he wasn't involved in in the trafficking, but he was certainly patronizing an establishment that was. And yeah. so that's not a good situation. With Daniel Snyder and the Washington Commanders, you're talking about a decades-long culture of workplace harassment toward women. 
not to mention what they were, you know, the, the allegations from the cheerleaders, the allegations against Daniel Snyder in particular from Tiffany Johnston. It's all bad. But Deshaun Watson seems like it's at another level because you yeah. have so many more accusers. And That's it's the hard problem. to ignore 24 to 26 accusers. Carly, you're talking about north of two dozen accusers. That's and, and an reaching uncom- out to 66 women over or mis- massage therapists, I should say, yeah. over the course of uh, 18 months, which yeah. we know is not what professional athletes would do to make sure that their bodies are operating at the right, uh, precise way that they need them to. Yeah, it's not standard operating no. procedure to have that many massage therapists. And then, Carlin, for the you team. can't play for a like, year to me. But here's the thing, Carlin. The team having to draft an NDA in order to help protect their interests and the quarterback. That part doesn't make sense either. But here's the thing. There's no heroes There's, in this thing, man. No, it's, it's <laughs> all bad. Everybody's wrong. It's all bad. And the NFL and Deshaun Watson would have been better served with Watson serving a suspension for a year long last year. But now you're talking about this guy potentially missing two years of his career. So this is something that the Cleveland Browns decided it was worth it for them to sign up for. They deserve exactly what they get in all of this with trading for him before all of this was settled. I will say this. Deshaun Watson, by not settling these cases and allowing this thing to continue to go on, even in a world where he wasn't guilty of any type of wrongdoing, which is hard to imagine, he allowed this situation to take place. And so for that, he deserves exactly what he's going to get as well. Again, everybody in this situation seems like they had a hand in making it as ugly as what it has been, Carlin. And for that reason and that reason alone, I think Sue Robinson, who is the disciplinary officer that was jointly appointed by the NFL and the NFLPA, has to come down on Deshaun Watson. There's no question about it in my mind. Yeah. I don't, I don't see where at any point she's going to be able to hand down a suspension that's less than a year, given what's gone on. And Watson put himself in this situation. There's just... But, but, but one thing I will say is clear, Carlin, no matter what suspension she hands down, if Deshaun Watson decides that he's going to appeal, that then goes to Roger Goodell. And so, you know, that. so I couldn't imagine a world where Deshaun Watson will want to appeal the decision that Sue Robinson comes down with because we know what Roger Goodell is going to do if he's put in that situation. Coming up next, the Golden State Warriors had their parade today and Draymond Green continued his petty ways. We'll get into that next with three and out. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN Plus. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. 
And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Brandon calling on ESPN Radio and Big Fella. We got the NBA draft coming up Thursday night, which will be on ESPN Radio. Make sure all of you guys tune in for that. But, Carlin, one of the favorites for the NBA draft to be the top pick is Paolo Bancaro out of Duke, their big man. The odds for him to be the number one overall pick went from plus 950 to plus 400 in a matter of 24 hours. Carlin, what is your read on Paulo Bencaro's odds suddenly increasing to become the number one overall pick? I smell a rat. <laughs> I think somebody's leaking something to somebody. I, Chris, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of different things the last few days, and, and all of the talk leading up to the last two to three days has been pointing to Jabari Smith. And so now I guess the idea is that the Rockets believe that Boncaro's going to have the single best NBA career of any of those players. I'm surprised that Boncaro would be the guy. And But when you see the numbers jump like that, somebody knows something. So there's something going on where somebody knows something. I personally, if I had the first pick, would be all over Jaden Ivey. And I know he'll end up going like Jaden Ivey? I would be. Wow. Chris, I wow. as a point guard, I think he's going to be something special. I really well, yeah, do. I, I think he is too, and he and he plays a lot like John Moran in terms of his overall energy and athleticism. But Carlin, our latest mock draft has Jabari Smith from Auburn number one. They've got Chet Holgren number two out of Gonzaga, Paulo Bencaro number three from Duke, Jaden Ivey, your guy, checking in at four, and then Keegan Murray from Iowa in fifth. Now. The current top five of the NBA draft, I believe it's the Orlando Magic that have the number one overall pick. Uh, is that correct? Don't think, or is it Orlando? It's Magic. It's the Magic. It's it the, Orlando, the, the Orlando Excuse Magic me. have the number one overall pick, yes. followed by the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Houston Rockets are at third, and the Sacramento Kings fourth, and the Detroit Pistons fifth. So it'll be interesting to see how the board falls. But I, I, I don't know, man. Jabari Smith, his comps are Kevin Durant. When you're comparable is Kevin Durant in terms of your ability to be a jump shooter and your athleticism, your ability to be able to get to the rim as well, that would be a hard, a hard skill set to pass up on. See, but the, here's the thing. When, when we're using him as the comp, why haven't I heard more of that leading up to this if the guy was going to be the next Kevin Durant? I, I would believe more in that. I got you. I you hear know, you. I like hear I, you. I, I would have thought there would have been a lot more hype about it. And what's been the hype? That this doesn't feel like it's an amazing draft, especially at the top. Well, we'll see what ends up happening. Again, the NBA draft is going to be on our air on Thursday, and that's going to kick off the NBA summer. 
Carlin, I'm letting this breathe because I've never heard a Paul McCartney song before. Uh, Godspeed with putting yourself out there because I didn't want to do it. Well, but... I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem doing it. I mean, I, I, you know, listen, I know the Beatles, but I, I don't know any Paul McCartney songs in particular. So this is well, new it... on me. And I know Paul McCartney had a concert at MetLife Stadium over the weekend. So, I mean, I, I just wanted to kind of brush up on what Paul McCartney was bringing to the table. Okay, so you didn't know McCartney individually, you know Beatles songs. Yes, but I didn't know my. I didn't know any. You're big Wings songs. guy. I didn't know. I didn't know any McCartney songs. Okay. Anyway, this is this is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Got to give a shout out to the guests that came out on the show today. We had New York Daily News Nets reporter Christian Winfield giving us the latest on the Kyrie Irving situation. Our very own NFL analyst. Mina Kimes giving us some information about what's going on with Baker Mayfield as rest of the, along with the rest of the goings on around the National Football League. Uh, Matt Barnes bringing all the smoke as an ESPN NBA analyst talking about the, the Brooklyn Nets situation on top of what else is going on around the NBA. If you missed any of it, go. Oh, I can't believe I overlooked this guy. Because Ryan Matlack did such a great job with the hockey talk, made me completely forget that we had ESPN NHL analyst Kevin Weeks on the show. Weeksy, Weeksy. But if you missed any of it, <laughs> go to the Candy and Carlin podcast, download, rate, and subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. But now, big fella, we have reached a portion of our show where it's time for us to go three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is Three and Out. And big fella, we got to kick off Three and Out with the head coach whose team is favorited to win the Super Bowl this year. And that would be one Sean McDermott with the Buffalo Bills. Now, Sean McDermott made some waves. Uh, last week when he said that he no longer sleeps in his office and he's trying to find a better balance between his responsibilities to his team and his personal life. Crazy the NFL schedule is for the NFL coaches, but it's not unusual to hear coaches spending 16, 18 hours a day during the regular season at the team's facility. So are you buying that Sean McDermott is going to find a better work-life balance during the regular season? I, I don't think any coach is ever going to find a better work-life balance during the regular season. I mean, all right, it's one thing to not sleep in your office, but does that mean he's not going to spend 18 hours a day in the office? So, I'd listen, I don't know how far he lives from the stadium. The one thing I have always heard, as crazy as that is, is that actually the college coaches. Uh, quality of life is infinitely worse than the NFL coaches quality of life, primarily because of recruiting, but also, you know, head coaches who want guys in the office, basically, you know, 20 hours a day. It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah, it seems that I, I don't know that I could sign up to do that, Carlin. That, that's a crazy schedule. I, I think coaches are like, built different in the NFL. No, and, 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 that's, and that's fair, but I remember when I was playing with the Baltimore Ravens, John Harbaugh would be at the facility. I mean, you're talking about ungodly hours. You're talking about leaving the facility 8, 9 o'clock at night and being there at 4 or 5 in the morning. Like, that's how he got down. And it's just it's incredible the level of commitment that they have. It's not something that I could do. But it's something that I respect when you start talking about the coaches that have had 
the type of longevity that Bill Belichick and John Harbaugh have been able to enjoy. Andy Reid, another one of those guys. To be able to find a way to, to have that ability to keep going after the competitive drive to keep doing it, even though the grind is what it is, it's really, really impressive. And speaking of impressive, Draymond Green at the championship parade for the Golden State Warriors, how impressive was it that he showed up to the parade with a Boston Sucks t-shirt <laughs> and then had, had all the smoke for all of the NBA fans out there that didn't believe in the Golden State Warriors being championship contenders? And he said, as always, bleep everybody else. <laughs> Draymond's get away, doesn't he? Like, why, why, is it, why is it just go after everybody else at this point? Were there that many haters? Were there that many, really? There were a lot of people that were ready to bury the Golden State Warriors dynasty. We were. At the beginning of the season, nobody thought Golden State was going to win a championship. Nobody no, did. I would agree with that. But yeah. I, I, listen, I'd be too busy celebrating everything else than, than worried about uh, everybody else who was hating on me during the year. At least uh, I'd like to I think don't, so. I don't know about that, Carlin. I mean, if nah, you I take that back. back to, I'm pretty think back to when the Giants won the, the championship against the undefeated Patriots in 2007. Yeah. What did Michael Strahan do at the parade in the Canyon of Heroes? What did he do? He said, we stomped everybody out. We stomped y'all out. That's Michael Strahan, Hall of Famer, now on Good Morning America. That Michael Strahan is not above the petty. And it well, just that's speaks not to shocking. But listen, what about wow. you? Wow. <laughs> wow. What about you? Do you have any good parade stories? Uh, I, I have some good stories around the Super Bowl. Yeah. So the parade was awesome in and of itself. Like three million people, key to the city. I mean, that was dope. And then, you know, Andre, Andre Brown singing the song, I got a ring, you got a ring, like just celebrating. That was all fun, all well and good. Um, the thing that I remember most about winning the Super Bowl, and it was like King Petty was not even something that we did as a team. I got to give credit to the Indianapolis airport because, Carlin, when we arrived at the airport to fly out after winning the Super Bowl the next day, the Patriots got to the airport before we did, and they loaded up their plane, and they were finishing up the boarding process as we were starting to board. And this goes to show you the petty of the Indianapolis folks. They made the Patriots' plane wait until we boarded the plane and flew out before they were able to take off because we were the champs. And so to me, that is King Petty from the New York Giants side, but it didn't even come from us. It came from the airport, (laughs) from the Indianapolis airport. And I just got to think that those people were Colts fans and they were happy that the Patriots – who had bested them so many years when he had that Manning-Brady rivalry, were just happy that Tom Brady didn't add another ring to the trophy case. Sit so tight, Bill. We'll get to the Indianapolis airport. We appreciate y'all doing the right thing by letting the champs fly out and making the losers wait. <laughs> Sit tight, Bill. We'll get to you. All Love right. It. All right. Last story from 3 and Out, Carlin. Chase Claypool says he's a top three receiver in the National Football League. Claypool made an appearance on the latest episode of I Am Athlete and told host Brandon Marshall, LaShawn McCoy, and Pac-Man Jones just how confident he is in his ability. Are you buying Chase Claypool as a top three receiver in 2022? He's a top three receiver on his team. I don't know about the NFL. Yeah, and I think there will be some debate in terms of where he would fall on that. He might be number three on his team, Hmm. let alone not being number three in the NFL. 